Here we are again, everyone, here for another session of At My Age. As always, a few housekeeping topics to go over. Instagram, At My Age Pod, P-O-D, is available for everyone. Definitely want you on there to not only see what we're up to, but to get notified for new releases. Uh, We are officially on Spotify and on Apple Music. Apple Podcasts, so definitely follow us there and either or. We're slowly getting to the other platforms, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all of those, but for now, Apple and Spotify are the places to be. And with all, all the episodes or all the sessions that I do, it could not be done without Grace James, who you'll actually hear on the mic, as well as Ryan Francis, who as well you'll hear on the mic. We did a little upgrade here in the studio. Not only do we have two pod, uh, two microphones, but we now have four microphones. So bigger, better, more people. We will definitely be better at this every time we do it. And why I'm saying that is about 40 minutes into this session, we had a little technical difficulty So there will be a question asked. Our guest will start to answer that, and then it will kind of switch over to another question about that 40-minute mark. Look at we're human. We're not all perfect. This is our fifth session. We will get better, I promise you. Without further ado, the guest today, the luxurious, the one and only Bryson, a.k.a. Johnny, a.k.a. DJ Breezy, one of my best friends, Zolnik. We met a few years ago as I was transitioning out of the corporate world and into DJing for a company called Vox DJs, as you heard on session two with Andrew Trago. Uh, That's how we all met. There's a funny story how we get into this session on why I call him and uh, I call him Johnny, but everyone else calls him Bryson, which is hilarious and one of my favorite memories of the past few years. But since that moment, fast forward roughly three or four years, uh, Johnny and I have really become closer. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure you know, getting to know him when he first moved here, and he goes into the details of how he got here and why he got here, meaning Arizona. But I was able to really see this man grow into his own. It's been an absolute journey for him, not only that he's gone through, but that he is currently going through, which he's touched bases on, and why I'm so thankful about this not only podcasts in general, but this session in particular, Johnny touches on something that I think is becoming more and more of a okay topic to talk about, which is mental health. He really does lean into the fact that not every day is perfect, not every year is amazing, but as long as you keep working on yourself, in the end of it all, you'll be a better person, not only to yourself, but to everyone around you. And kudos to Johnny for not only opening up to talk about that, but to actually be doing it over the last year. So a very relatable session, a little bit of a tangent-filled, all-over-the-place session, because that's just who Johnny is, and that's why we love him. But all in all, there's a lot of gold in here. So as always, thank you all so much for tuning in. We are getting back to the cadence of one to two a week. It's just a three-person team over here. So dealing with all the edits and the social media, it's a lot, but we appreciate the patience. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, again, the luxurious Bryson, a.k.a. Johnny. Enjoy the session. (laughs) 
within the within the holder. Yes, okay. yes. See, I was thinking it changes the orientation of the holder. Yes. And so I'm squeezing this, expecting this whole cage to turn, and then all of a sudden the mic just dropped, and I was like, "Oh." Look at as the as the technical sponsor, I'm happy that you're learning in live action. Hi everybody. Hey. Mic check. Are we, are we live? Check. I think we're recording. Let's go. Did we do it? Let's go, baby. Um, yeah, cell phones off. This is just like any other wedding. Um, this is a non-cell phone deal. As I have mine here. Electronics uh, off. What are they called? Silent. The uh, yes. The called? The unplugged wedding. Unplugged. As they say. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I had that the wedding question. Yes. Okay. Yes. Totally. yes. Unplugged uh, session pair. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Let's go. Let's go. Salute. Session five. Bryson, from the jump, I just want to let everyone know that Bryson is also Johnny. Dude, I'm glad we're discussing yeah, this because I was thinking this might be a top priority we need to do this also. Needs a clear PSA from the top. There will be a story that inevitably will come up in time, but Bryson's name is actually Bryson Douglas Zolnick. Thank you for filling out the form. But there was a point in time shortly after we met where we had a, a bonding experience where you said, I wish my name was just Johnny or something of that effect, right? Oh, no, dude. It was so much more legendary. Okay. <laughs> yes. The story is yes. So let's just jump right into it. So we went to California, Trago, who people should know. Wait, so we're talking about the story now. Let's just jump right into okay, it. Okay. Because yes. you were like, we're going to do this another time. We might I'm going well. to be honest. I was yeah. a little bit disappointed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we've come. Is, am I looking at you guys enough too? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of like do the you. orientation of my head around That's the That's the word of the day is orientation. Um. Yeah, dude. So we were uh, we did our California trip, mm-hmm. the birth of our of our bromance yep. that we have, and we uh, were driving back, and I'm like discovering this whole thing. Like you and Trego are just naturally like yeah, music, and I'm like yo, dude, this is crazy, but that was so sick, and I want this life, right? And then <laughs> we stopped at uh, in Blythe. Is that that's on the California side, Blythe, California? It's one of those. Um, BFE towns, and yes. we went to uh, the Taco Bell, and the Taco Bell was like really busy, and um, it was loud. And I've always noticed that, like, in situations like this, the name Bryson is difficult for them to understand. Like, is it Bryson? Is it Brian? How do you spell that? And so sometimes I just throw random names at them, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I was going through this phase where I was just like so into the beach, and I was like, I want to be Johnny, and um, and so I was like, my name's Johnny, and uh, she's like, okay, and we come back, and um, I'm not thinking anything of this, and they call out you and Trego first because you two were first in line, and then they call out Johnny. And I walk up and we're like all talking and I just walk away from our conversation <laughs> and, gra- and grab this Taco Bell and walk back. And you and Trego both are just like, just flabbergasted, jaws on the floor. And I'm like, like what's, uh, what's the yeah, big deal? Yeah. And you guys are like, did you just steal someone's food? And yeah. I was like, oh, um, dude, I'm dumping stuff out the bottom of this. I'm oh, very sorry. You're fine. You're good. Um, I don't know if we can refer to what it is. On uh, they're going to see it on video. Yeah, <laughs> dump solid. some weed out of that joint. Uh, so yes, 420. that is exactly what happened. Yeah. And so um, now, and Bryson then is just Johnny. since then, everyone calls me Johnny. And then, uh, like, we tried the little phase with the DJ name of Johnny on the one. Did I did yeah. I ever tell you about when I um, changed my Facebook name to Johnny, and then went on a date with the girl and introduced myself as Bryson, and she was like, "What the fuck? Your <laughs> name is Johnny." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So 
Did you have the same photos as you though? It, yeah, it was like oh, okay, it was definitely okay, me. Yeah. And it was in the, and it was when I changed my Facebook name to Johnny as a joke, and then I went to change it back to Bryson, and Facebook was like, "You have to wait two weeks to do this." And I was like, "I guess I'm Johnny." Days. <laughs> and it was right after I moved to Arizona, and this girl was looking to move from Arizona to Colorado, where I just come from, and so she like was looking up like groups and stuff, and saw that you know, and so she hit me up, and she was like, "Hey, can we, like, can you tell me what Colorado is like?" And I was like, yeah, like, do you want to meet up and, and like talk about it in person? And she was like, yeah, totally. And so I go to pick her up and she opens the door and she's like, what's up? I don't even remember her name. And then I was like, I'm Bryson. And she immediately is like, like red flag, red flag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute. Like your Facebook says your name is Johnny. Like, what do you mean Bryson? And I totally had this moment where I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot that I did that. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, this is crazy. You're never going to believe this. Like, here's the whole story. And she didn't believe any of it, I don't think. Well, I feel She like still went out with I me. Like it was still a good time. But, uh, yeah. Your girl's letting you pick her up on the first, let's call it a date. That's why we have Uber and Lyft. You never know who's going to pick you up. It's the first time you're meeting. And yeah. then you have a double name dilemma going oh, okay. on. Oh, yeah, yes. From now so that be, was yes. two red flags. Yeah, you know? still got in the car with <laughs> and, you. And I'm glad you <laughs> say that. That was a very naive time of my life where I didn't really like, no, like everything I knew up to that point in my life um, was the old school, like you go to the girl's house and you pick her up and then you take her home. Well, oh. Which we love. You know? which so, we love. so, yeah, I just never knew that like that's how it is now. There's some weirdos out oh, there. Oh, you just there meet are. at Guys the and girls. There that's are. on both ends. That's like mm-hmm. someone got catfish, someone has creepy vibes. Now at least you can go separately totally. on your own. Totally. 100%. Oh, it's it's, and it's so much better thing, that way. Like, uh, well, um, safety and like not being stuck to that point. But. Yeah. So, yeah. Not what our, year, what not year our best this? moment. That was right after I moved here. So 2018. So you moved here in 2018. Yeah. Got it. Okay. You were, so that made 27? Um... Yeah, twenty six. I turned. I moved here just before I turned twenty seven. Okay, right? to around there. In, so two thousand eight ish. Let's see. Oh, hold on, dude. Dude, normally I'm so good. <laughs> <laughs> a rough time around then, because yeah, because you were only six months in here when you started Vox DJ. Yeah, right? so twenty six. I moved here when I was twenty five, and then I turned twenty six when I moved here. Got it. Okay. Yeah. When is your birthday? Uh, July twenty second, ninety two. Okay, ninety two. Yeah, two weeks older than you. Uh, August twelfth. Oh, let's go. Did you graduate in 2010 then? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're one year above us because mm-hmm. I was the youngest of his class and he was the oldest oh, in my class. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dude, that's funny how the swings, because I had a girl in my class who was also July 22nd, but she was born the year before me. See? So oh. it's kind of close to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you're the 12th and I'm the 2nd of August and it's a year where you're different yeah. right there. So that makes sense. Where'd you go to uh, high school? Uh, Fairview High School, Boulder, Colorado. So you were born and raised in Colorado the entire time? Yeah. Oh, wow. In Boulder? Yeah, so I was born, like, in Boulder. Oh, wow. Um, and then growing up, it was, like, kind of like the suburbs of Boulder, like, um, like you know, for anyone who knows the area, for our dedicated listeners out there, <laughs> uh, like Lafayette, Gunboro area. So, like, like the immediate kind of towns right outside of Boulder, right? That's but it's all still Boulder County, Um mm. Like some of my addresses, even though they weren't in Boulder, still said Boulder, Colorado. So, but Got for all it. intents and purposes, Boulder. Like all my schools were in Boulder. Yeah. All my friends and family were in Boulder. Did you go to CU? No. You didn't? No. Did you go to college at all? Um, so I did one year at BYU. Okay. <laughs> Is that, where's that? Uh, that's Utah. That's the, uh, that's the Mormon school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, 
yeah. And then did my one year there. And then I was like, this ain't for me. And then went back to Colorado and I tried to figure out my life. Didn't really have a plan for college. And then um, I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, a lot of that kind of came from like, just kind of like things that I had learned in ways I'd been taught, like connected to religion that I was mm. kind of like, oh, like one day it'll be shown to me what I'm supposed to do. Right. So I never really like explored what I should be doing. Anyways, um, even throughout high school, like you going through and correct, jump in here, but going like freshman, my aunt was very clear, like these four years matter, figure out what you want to do and go to college. Like that was the whole four years. How like your parents didn't really go down that route or is mainly just get through school and then they'll go from there. Does that question make sense? Um, yeah, no, it was totally like, like the first thing you do after high school is, is go on your mission for the church. Yeah, oh, because you have a right? whole year where it's like yeah. you're not and even so, you have a job um, at that point. Your job is to go on your mission. Mm -hmm. And and at that time, like, um, at that time, the age to go on a mission was 19. They later, and I don't remember when, but they later changed it to 18, so you basically could go right out of high school. Wow. But so when it was me, like, you basically had this year in between, right? And so I spent, like, my whole high school being, like, taught, like, you're going to go on your mission. And then I kind of had this mentality of, like, okay, like, whatever I'm going to learn like this first year, I'm not really going to remember. Like I'll probably have mm, to, especially have if it's like math mm. and science related, like I'm probably going to have to redo it because I'm going to be away for two years to go over it, you know? Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then, and then there was also like, like a bunch of stuff affiliated with church, like told me and had me, told me very directly and had me very convinced that like after I serve a mission for the church is when like I'll be shown what I'm supposed to do in life. Wow. Yeah. How um, long is your mission for? It's two years. Oh, wow. Oh, mm -hmm. so that's what you were saying. You're going to go oh, to mission for two years and then yeah. don't go to college because yeah. you were going to forget all that stuff anyways, mm -hmm. right? So Are just go start, straight yeah. to the totally. mission. Yeah, gotcha. and, so, okay. and so at that time too, like I never, and this sounds like kind of like a dick thing to say, and it was just total naive, um, naivety, yeah. naive, whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, I was just very naive. And like I thought that everyone went to BYU Provo and there's two BYUs. There's BYU Provo and there's BYU Idaho. And more or less, like, BYU Provo is the school and that's, like, the place to be. And then Idaho is kind of where, like, if you're not quite good enough, like, this is where you can go, right? And I got into Provo and I was just like, oh, I thought everyone does this. Um, and that mentality kind of had a couple people upset because they were like, I wanted to get in there so bad. And, oh. I couldn't. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then at my time at, at BYU up there. Um, Did you party? No, not really. Um, no, like, like there definitely were parties, um, but they're all kind of like church-sponsored parties, right? Um, and that's what it's known for. Sorry, I don't know anything about these two high uh, colleges. Like that is meant for Mormon religion. Like that's where you're going to learn more about that, and that's what you're doing. Or is it just very influenced? Like it's not sponsored or anything by the church oh no it's it's like sponsored and oh public. it is yeah i would think of like oh, wow. mcu kind of mentality yeah. that's um, like a christian college oh, okay. and, like, and i'm cool. not sure if it's i mean gosh that was 13 years ago now i'm not sure if um your old man if that's dude speaking of the stash a little uh little uh projecting leader in the show like the stash is one of the last things i found at 29 yeah dude. okay <laughs> <laughs> so we are here for it we are very happy you um, found it could you grow a stash in college? Because I sure couldn't. 
I mean, like technically speaking, yes. No, man, I was botching. <laughs> well, you remember, like, all remember the day the when like it's it like wasn't a full stash and it started on like the corners Those of individual the lips? hairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have full beard right now. Yeah, I was gonna say like, Ryan. Has I'm a the full, only guy uh, I can't do it. Beard. Yeah, man, baby. Yo, yeah. There were um, <laughs> there were some kids in my middle school. Um, they were twins, and um, they were like way like they were the same age but their bodies just like grew a lot faster you know total like jack situation um jack do you remember that movie no with robin williams no we're pulling and a he, deep do one do you guys know no. that movie I no kind of <laughs> yo dude no, like, okay classic dude okay so it's this baby and it's born right and it like the whole premise of the movie is this kid like grows up so fast and he ages like in a way accelerated rate and the movie and it like starts out with like like they're at like some party, right? And the mom's like, they're like dancing, like woo. And then the mom starts going into labor, and they're like in the hospital, and they're like, oh, you're about to give birth, and she's like, it's not possible. I'm three months pregnant. Like, how is it possible? Oh, and then really they give getting... birth to like a full grown boy, right? And then that's when they do the thing, like, oh, like ma'am, it looks like based on these studies that your son is growing at a super accelerated rate. And then so he's like homeschooled his whole life. Um, but he can grow a stash really. Yeah, and he's like, and then and then like the movie kicks in where he's like like 10, 11, 12 years old, somewhere around there, and he's like goes to public school for the first time, right? And he's like a forty year old dude, like it's Robin Williams playing this kid, and um, that's a maybe we should fact check that. I'm having yeah. this like, I, yeah. moment I where where I'm like what if it wasn't Robin Thunder? Williams? Yeah, Jack the character. Oh, in Tropic the movie Thunder, that yes. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller plays a man, yes, immensely retired. Challenge person, where he yes. had to perform yeah. it, yeah. Um, that's insane, yeah. Great dude, movie so, anyways, about. that's what these kids like. Gosh, what a freaking tan! I knew that was, this was good. When hey, was, let it ride. I was taking those edibles beforehand. I was like, <laughs> I know this is what's gonna happen is these tangents, and I'm good. down for it. So, you, um, you had these, so kids. yeah. So, the kids in my school were like that, and it was middle school, it was seventh grade, and um, um. Like, throwing mustaches like they had, early they on, they had full beards and full mustaches. Not I was like, not fortunate to have that at all. But real quick, okay, so college Yo. years. Sorry, yeah, dude, dropping so back. Oh, sorry. Rewind You're, it. <laughs> we're going to get, it's okay. Hey, it's, it's why we have an hour, hour and a half. Uh, college years, you didn't go to your mission. You chose not to. Um, yeah, that was a whole situation. Yeah, dude. right. Um, Franny, can you get a lighter? It's in one of the junk drawers. Um, that's a big deal, that's, right? That's when I was your age, when I was 19. Okay, so while I was at BYU, um, I was in a really severe car accident. I got someone ran a red light and T-boned me. Um, ironically enough, not while I was in Utah, while I was back in Colorado for Christmas break and I was leaving home to drive to Utah and got T-boned like five minutes into the drive. Talk about a sign. Um, dude, I, I know. Jeez. Destiny was like, Destiny was like, don't go back do to Do not BYU. go. And, I mean, it tried to break my back to get me to do so. Wow. Know? How bad was it? Um, so there was nothing like immediate. Um, but over the years, I had like really, really bad back pain. Like it was debilitating and, um, junk drawer brother, you know, to the point like where I couldn't like really like play sports in it. Like I loved playing lacrosse and I loved riding my dirt bike. Yeah. Um, like I couldn't do that anymore. Like there were days where like I couldn't go into school. Um, yeah. And then, and then like after that year at BYU, um, and BYU like overall was not a good experience. Um, like all jokes about like my relationship with church aside, like it just was not a good experience. Mm. Um, and so I came back and then like that happened. And so, um, yeah, so I like, I needed to get healthy. The church was like, you need to get healthy before you go. And then, um, you know, as a young adult, I enjoyed looking at some Nate pictures online and, um, <laughs> and I was like honest about it. 
and my bishop like hated it. Whoa. And so they like were real tight with me and like you can't look at any Nate pictures. Um That's insane. At all. And um and yeah, and so anyways, like abbreviated the story, um moved back to to so went back to Colorado yep. uh, when I was nineteen and then um basically spent the next like two, three years like trying to get healthy and like trying to like never ever look at porn. Um and then like also being like more or less told like I don't know. Like church just wasn't a good experience. Yeah. Um, Especially at that time too, right? Because you didn't go to the mission. You came back from church. Yeah. You came back from college. Yeah. Probably some bad blood. Mm -hmm. Did that taint Colorado as a whole for you? Like, does it just have weird vibes? Yeah. You know, um, it's funny you say that because, like, as I've grown up and as I've like really, especially within the last year, like really settled into like who I am and my identity and what I'm happy with and what like I know I want and know what I don't want and like I've been able to kind of like separate my relationship with Boulder and with Colorado I've been able to separate that from my relationship with church and my relationship with my family and um, it's like it's turned Colorado and especially Boulder and Denver in these areas that I grew up um, it's turned them from like traumatic and difficult places for me to go to like really beautiful places to like go back and learn very and cool because yeah. you go back there a lot yeah at least but Four times a year, I'd say at minimum, right? Mm-hmm. And you drive most of the time, which is insane. Dude, I love me. Okay, I love me a good road trip. First of all, yeah. oh, that's the best, <laughs> uh, dude. I by will, yourself? Oh my gosh, man! I seriously, when I am like planning a trip and I look at my thing, I'm like, if it's within 18 hours of a drive, I will drive. That's so crazy. And um, <laughs> I got th- I got that Frontier like unlimited flight pass, dude. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, like I'm gonna lose out on some road trips mm. from this. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, I'm excited for that to kick in, dude. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. A quick uh, a standby flight, really anywhere. Yeah. Do you get buddy passes with that? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't. I wonder if at know. least like I don't know if like there's no like way. even like get like a discount can. for somebody else. Oh no, it's definitely like locked into me. Well, yeah. Throw a st- uh, stash over there. You might look like him. Hey, that, no, it'd be either him there. or Pedro Pascal. Is that the guy's name? Oh, Pedro. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. the last Dude, of us. Okay, okay going back to twenty nine. The first time anyone ever told me I look like Pedro Pascal was age 29. That's a beautiful, beautiful shout out, thing. Shout out Hudson Gray Weddings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I love going up to Boulder. I mean, we've had a couple of fun stunts-ish. We've had some weird things up there. But my, me personally, I was going up there during the first career company of mine. I was going up there once a month for probably six, seven, oh no, like a year maybe. And it would just go straight into Boulder, drop into Denver. I loved it. I was thinking about actually moving up there. If I didn't take the fair job, I was about to move, no joke, one block off of Pearl Street with a buddy of mine and have like a whole different trajectory of Nick Torres. Locked into a company that would have, I would have gotten my first big stock op, pile of stock options. I would have been first director, moved to Boulder. Fast forward six years later, they sold the Trimble for a boatload of money. And everyone on the, at that time made a good amount of money. And I was stuck in Austin, Texas with these jabronis trying hey, to fight hey, it. I wasn't even thinking yeah. about that. I was sitting here thinking about like real estate in Boulder and being like, oh my gosh, like that's the... Ja-. And then, dude, you, like... I know. We got I'm a beautiful life going. And I'm very, very happy that, that I'm sitting next to you right now. Like crazy different life that could have been. It could have been nuts. A nice house right next to Pearl Street. Like I would have yeah. been a great spot. And right on the south side of the highway, that's where our office. It was definitely my home away from home for a while. 
And then those apartments bu- uh, burned down not so long ago. And that's where my buddy lived. Right south on Pearl Street, the main strip, there was on the right-hand side a bunch of these like three or four-story mm-hmm. apartments mm-hmm. that were there for years. And he lived there for 15 years. Yeah. And just recently, all of them burnt down in a freak accident. His girlfriend's dog woke him up. The place was full of smoke. He's on the fourth floor. All the stuff and it for is the most part. gone. Like Dude, insane. That area's been hit with some wild like wildfires within the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, it's insane up there. I'm very happy you moved to Arizona. How the heck did you move straight oh, in? How did you choose dude, Arizona of all places? I, let me just say, dude, I love Arizona so much. <laughs> Whenever I get back from these road trips, dude, um, it doesn't matter what direction I'm coming from. I hop on the 202 and then I flip a UA so that I'm driving east on the 202, like passing by Tempe Town Lake. And like you see like the string lights and everything, you know, and that is when I'm like, I am home. Yes. I love it. I love it. doesn't matter where I'm coming from and it doesn't matter how long I've been in the car. Like I do that. I love Arizona. Um, Okay. dude. That was my question. (laughs) I wanted to ask like, how do you move to Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was growing up, growing up, I was never really a big fan of Colorado. Um, again, I think a lot of that ties more so to my, as I've like learned more about myself and kind of like my experiences in life. I think I credit that now more so to my relationship with church and my relationship with my family. Um, but I was, I was never a big fan of Colorado, you know, and, um, always trying to get out in a sense, right? Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, especially at that time, like with church, like, you know, there's always kind of this belief of like, I'll be shown what I should do and when I need to do it. Um, and the and but I always wanted to leave. I never really knew where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. One really cool thing with the job I was working at at the time um, is I would work a lot of trade shows for them. And so um, me and my boss and and maybe one or two other co couple coworkers, depending on the event, um, were traveling all over the country. Um, it was so cool. Um, you know, like like I went up to like I got flown up to Vermont and helped sell motorcycle bags. <laughs> to people in Vermont and one of the days like I hit up the the people that we were partnered with and I was like yo dude you work the booth like I want to take your motorcycle and go do one of these like trails and so like like sorry Eric um <laughs> you were you were paying me to go ride motorcycles and hang out with other people on yeah. job, like, and so it was so cool man and I love motorcycles and I loved them at the time like so much more than any other point in my life um but I got to explore a whole bunch of different places wow and um you know my only experience in Arizona um was a uh, was a show was a trade show up in Flagstaff, mm. and we like camped up in Flagstaff for a couple of days, um, and then my and my boss and I road tripped out there in, in his in his rig, and he was gonna carry on. I can't remember if he was going to another show or if he was going on a trip, um, and then I was gonna fly home. I think I was like in some lacrosse league at the time too, and so I was like, yo, I got like lacrosse, I gotta <laughs> go play. Um, I might have even been coaching lacrosse at the time and had to go back and like, like coach the kiddos. Whoa. You know? um, Anyway, so he drove me down to Phoenix, and I remember, like, that drive from Flagstaff, like, we did that one route that takes you through Sedona, and then, oh, and and then so connected beautiful. to the 17, and, yeah. then, and I was like, this is, like, this terrain, like, everything about this is so cool, and, um, you know, it was, like, it was, like, a Saturday or a Sunday coming back from Sedona, so we're going two miles an hour, Stuck. and I was okay with it, like, like, I was just taking it all in, and then we got down into Phoenix, and, um, <laughs> you know, you're driving through North Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially that area is great. It's so beautiful. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> and um, 
I don't know, dude. Even still, I was like, I was like, yo, this is like nothing I've ever seen. This is so cool. So it was always like cool to me. And um, it was always like an area that stuck out to me while we were doing these. Um, From that point until you actually moved, how long was it? Probably about, oh man, that's a good question. Because um, it, it was either based on like the schedule of our shows, it was either like six months or 18 months. Oh, no, I'm saying from that trip to when you actually decided yeah. to move. Yep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So and it was so, a quick turnaround for you to actually move down here. Yeah. And then um, and then as, and then as I was like really more looking closely at, at where I wanted to go, um, um, I was kind of like this this one girl who I had met at another trade show. Um, like we were kind of talking about like moving together and um, and like trying to basically like find both of our own new beginnings. Like like she was going through a lot of stuff. I was going through a lot of stuff. Wow. And we were both really intrigued by Arizona. Um, and then one of my best friends from Colorado grew up here and had like moved here like six months prior. Cool. And he had always told me how much he thought I would love Arizona. And so, yeah. And so I um, one day I like drove. Um, I drove down here. I stayed at their house. They lived in, in good old Maricopa. Um, so I'm pulling into like Phoenix and I'm like, oh, sweet. I must only be 20 minutes away. Not realizing Maricopa is like another like oh, it's forever far. down south. I forgot you lived yeah. so far uh, away before your Tempe spot. Yeah. Yeah, um, you lived a very long time. You rented a room from them, right? I did for a little yeah. bit, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so like I stayed I stayed there and then I I drove back up and I drove up to Tempe and, and um, Mesa and Chandler and that whole area and you know, I did a couple tours at ASU. I did a couple tours like the apartment complexes. And I was like, I like this area. Oh, yeah. You went and, to ASU. Um, Completely forgot. Yeah. And um, and I was like really on it and I really wanted to do it. But, you know, I was scared. Um, it was a big choice. And scared of what? Like just the move? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that was a time in my life when I was like very scared of the world um, mm. and didn't know how to stick up for myself or make really make decisions for myself or or like even really know like what was right or wrong for me. Like really the only thing I knew that was right for wrong of me at the time was like, I need a new, I need a new beginning. Right. Well, um, I was going to say coming from a church background too, it's the weirdest feeling getting out of your parents' house or whatever that structure that you've had. Cause mm-hmm. they literally good or bad, not, not right or wrong, but they just tell you what to do for so long of your life. So I can relate with that. Where yeah. you're like, Oh, I got to make my own decision now. Like, yeah. holy cow. Mm-hmm. Did you live and, on your own? Any, sorry to interrupt. Did you live on your own? prior to college or post-college or did you always live with your family and you went to college and moved back when oh, you moved dude, your family? I forgot this whole tangent was started off of that college question. Um, no, this is, we just flow, baby. Yeah, that so, fly. no, so I always lived at home um, and then, you know, I went straight to BYU basically right after I graduated high school. And then when you came back from BYU, there's two years. I came back and I lived with my mom for... Um, a lot of that time and you know it was kind of in between like there were a lot of difficult things going on with like a lot of people in my life Um, and and so I'd kind of bounce back and forth right so my first experience not living at home with my parents was BYU and then I came back and it and while I was at BYU my parents split up and my dad moved to California Um, Hmm. so I went from living with my mom and my brother and then my my brother left and then it was just me and my mom and then I wound up living with a couple guys from church um, and this is to when like I'm having all these back problems. And so like, um, like my dad's paying for my part of the rent, right? Like, like these guys are really being like, Oh, like you need to be in a different situation. Come live with us. Come live with us. And this was the time in my life when I really didn't know how to make any decisions for myself. And, 
and you know like all these all these sources of information that were coming at me were like what I had always been told were like trustworthy sources you know and so I was like okay like I'll move in and live with these guys from church and like my dad was like I'll help you pay and um and then um how was that experience were they cool like were they was it nice to live with someone else like were they your age or were they older yeah they were all more or less my age um and it was it was interesting you know um was that a time that you were kind of going through the changes of growing up in a church and then realizing you kind of want to change your oh, life but those no, this is when i was like balls deep in church life. oh wow like i I made the syrup. I sipped the syrup. I was all about the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! God. I was gonna say drink I, that. Blood, I was gonna say the Kool Aid, but I like the syrup. I, um, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's dude, I don't know. Someone texted me the other day and they said scissor up, and I was like, that is so funny. And just since then, just like everything in my life is syrup, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you was living. I mean, Grace can attest to this. Uh, mm-hmm. You were way more religious than I was. But it seems like, especially when you're getting into that sort of um, involvement with the church, that moving into a house with other people, especially at that time, it's almost just like amplifying the message around you more and more, right? Because if you live without, if you live in a house or you're not surrounded by that 24-7, I guess that may allow non-religious thoughts to come in. I yeah, yeah, I would say that. I was going to say that. I always, they talked about being equally yoked with your partner or hanging around. So, I mean, yeah, they're not s- sipping on that syrup or licking it, I guess. I don't know <laughs> well, what you're doing okay, with syrup. But. <laughs> so, moving, being in that household. Um, I have to be honest with you right now. I, like, missed the whole premise of that question. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got you. So, being in that household, I was, I, guess I was reaching out or I was going for you moving to Arizona was outside of oh. college that one year was really the moment where you were moving states, moving completely being on your own versus like, being in an area where even though you're living with those guys and your I, family's still close by, you're still in the church, like this is, you're out. And I think it's worth mentioning too, like this time when I was like really trying to go on my mission with church, like I was 20 years old at that time, like, so, you know, like six years and like a whole like slew of things happened in that six years from when I moved from there to here. Yeah. Um, long time. And, yeah. That, and most of that time, all of that time was spent in Colorado. You didn't go with your dad at all to California? No. Not at all? Um, and and um, I think more or less like I didn't really know that like that was an option. Mm. You know, I kind of more or less thought that it was like, oh, like you go visit dad. And then even the times when I would visit him, like... Like, again, it was, it, it felt like, um, like, when am I being told to visit you? You know, mm. like, um, and then I remember, like, he'd go to work. Um, he had this, he had this sick motorcycle, mm-hmm. BMW S1000 SSR, HP, whatever it is, dude. Like, this thing was a monster. And it's California. And so my dad would, like, go to work and he'd take his street bike and, and, um, Split lanes and split lanes and yeah, he, and I, like he was my hero doing that. I was like, that is so cool. Like that seems terrifying, but that's sick. And then he had a Jeep Wrangler at the time, and so I could basically like take it and do whatever. And and you know, at this time, I'm like, what, nineteen, twenty, like, like you're an adult. You can go. You can do anything except go drink. You know. Um, but I didn't know that. And like my like emotional like maturity was nowhere near that of like what I was age-wise, and so, like, he lived just three blocks off of Venice Beach, so you could walk to the beach and walk up and down the the, board, um, the sidewalk mm-hmm. and go up to Santa Monica and everything, and I remember doing that one time and just, like, I gosh, I felt like I was on a kid, and, like, 
I felt like I was a kid on a field trip and I like lost my group and I was like supposed to find my group, dude. You know, like, like I didn't realize that I was like free and everything in my life up to that point basically was teaching me like, like you need to get permission to do like you, like you wait to be offered something. You don't go get it. Like, you know, like you wait for the rewards, like you be nice and kind and cordial and just wait for the reward, you know? Whoa. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, no, I don't. I, is that relatable to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just being that sense of, um, as some would call that polite, but I guess when you're that deep into it, it's stifling your decisions. Yeah. Cause if you're I, waiting, the only reason I would say even like feel fortunate in some aspect is cause I come from a bloodline of strong, strong, hard headed women. So, I mean, I, yes, but I understand in that it's still a big, huge change. Like did they have to make that decision though? Like you don't know what you're doing because all these people around you, right? So we talk about Venice going for the first time. I'm sure they're all here probably doing all these things you've never Insane. seen before. G- girls not wearing any clothes, guys barely wearing tattoos. I mean, yeah, it's a whole other world. Blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, and you're just like, this is not normal. Like this is not what I've seen or known. Yeah, and and I like instantly became scared of it too. Like they have all those sweet t-shirt shops and there is this game and I don't remember what the game was, but it was like one of those iPhone games and it's like some little monster that eats candy. And one of these shirts was at the shops and it said nom, nom, nom. And it was like the, like the monster eating the candy and like the way it was doing it was like the words. And I saw it and I like really wanted it. And I like got back to the, to my dad's apartment and I was like, like I didn't feel like I was allowed there. And so I was like scared to go back. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Was he with anyone at that time or was it just him? No, it was just him. Um, it's nuts that it's nuts that um, your upbringing got you to a point that being at Venice Beach or even coming down to Arizona, like the world is so big in that moment in time. And I, I've never yeah. really, I've never and, really thought about that. And you know, to like, um, even circling back to that thing of like me picking up that girl and being like, "Oh, I'm Bryson. I thought you were Johnny." And like. Like that was a very, still a very much the time when I was just so naive to everything in the world, you know. Like I came here as a twenty-six-year-old man, but I very much was like a child. Wow. Like um, mentally in that regard. Do you think growing up in the church, that's a reason why? Yeah, because that's a different. That you know, we talk. You talk about the Mormon church and all that. It's it's a little bit different kind of upbringing yeah, church. You know, it's a more, it's more strict. It's more right, more regimented, more disciplined. More disciplined. Um, how many times was, did you go to church during a week? So you had church on Sunday, which mm-hmm. was three hours. What? Um, and and then you had um, I can't remember what the terminology for everything was, but then and so like they called it like young men's and young women's is what they called it, and like during one of the hours of church, like all the guys in the same age group got together, and all the girls in the same age group got together, and whatever night on the week, like we would. <laughs> basically like come gather at church in the evening and and we did boy scouts for the boys. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything was built around that. The girls did like whatever things that they did. Girl scout. Um, it wasn't girl scouts. The the church, the church didn't, the church never affiliated with the girl scouts. Um, and I've never like actually fact checked this, but I've always heard it was because like a lot of lesbians, um, are like up, like helping run. Yeah. And, And, um, and so like, like, I actually, I'm going to be honest right now. I feel a little bit irresponsible spitting that information out in the world because, again, I've never fact-checked it. Take it at face value. Got it. Um, based on my experiences, though, like, that was never, ever a surprising thing for me to hear. Whoa. You know, I like, like they support a lot of, like, female empowerment things as well. So I'm sure, again, not fact-checked, but it makes sense for... Yeah. 
for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be what Monday, so Tuesday then, night. Yeah, that was like a Tuesday night or something. Um, and then in high school, every day before oh, before you school, you had oh. seminary. Yeah, before. And so it's, every day before school, we had an hour Sunday school class, basically. Wow. Did before you, was school, on campus though, or would you have to go offsite for no, years? No, so there weren't like, and especially at my school, there weren't a lot of Mormon kids, um, and so they would do it at the church. And then you and um, yeah, and so like that sucked when, um, like you didn't have your license, right? Because then like your parents got to figure out like, oh, how do we get you to church? And then oh, like how do we get you from church to school? And then like, you know, if you were lucky, there were other kids who lived close who were also doing that who had a car. Um, how many kids? Okay, we're let's get into this real quick. How many kids are in that preschool class? Are you talking? 50, See, I went to 15. a heavy Mormon school, and they had a couple of those long pull-out trailers that like were heavy actually... heavy Mormons? No, oh, sure. come, oh on. come on, come on, come on, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. Like, they had <laughs> getting canceled no. on episode five, ladies and gentlemen, at your age podcast. Just wait for the rebrand. Like, yeah, and so they had, the, there was trailers in the back, like those big out classrooms, whatever they're called, and they would have their session, and kids would come to our school because... Like you were saying, like they probably didn't have a heavy community of yeah. Mormons. You had, I thought you were wrote, um, raised. But my high school was heavy Mormon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. A so lot of my girlfriends growing up, I mean, they okay. were all. Super, sorry, super naive to all of this. No. You going to a high school can cross pollinate religions. I thought it was very. Seg- I don't know any of that or any of that time, huh. but we had maybe because of a lot of our kids, I'm sure their parents, because I mean, there's like big companies I'm not going to shout out here on here because I don't know who's ever going to listen. But we had like big companies here in Arizona's parents were supporting a lot of this like school funding, I'm assuming. Like I know for sports for sure because, you know, their banners were all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But wow. yeah, we had that. And I'm, I definitely know like we had some Catholic and other religions, but it, it was heavy Mormon. And did you go to those classes too? No, I'm not Mormon. Okay, so that's yeah. why I'm confused. Okay, yeah, so yeah, you I'm heard about Mormon. those, but you didn't go. No, all my okay. friends would go, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. in the morning. or. And how many people were there? Like how many people, you can put it like on I mean, it depended on the, oh, uh, Jay, I don't know, like you would have to answer that one, uh, Bryce. We like a normal class, 10, yeah. 15, 20, something so like that? So basically as many can as I hit like, this? Oh, dude, please, okay, dude. Um, Listen a bit to the strain, dude. Yeah. Um, the banana whips. So good. <laughs> I got it yesterday, dude. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, yeah, on the subject of like how many kids were going to this. Yeah. Um, it blows my mind just that there's that is being taught Monday through Friday for at least one hour of dedicated religious studies but it's before right? school so that's it's not what, yeah dude waking up at 5 a.m bro oh that's it was insane. so brutal i hated it and did um, you, was you separated from boy and girl too no that sure. that was more ours wasn't no okay. um and even like what um yeah no it was it was more of like freshmen are together seniors are together juniors are together sophomores Excuse me. Um, All right, I got a question. Together. Yo, hit me. So we do a lot of talk with, you know, the whole church scene, you know, growing up. How did you get into DJing? Oh, nice. dude, complete accident, bro. Love like, what, um, with everything we heard about you, like, that's a big transition to being a, you know, being a DJ and mm-hmm. living that kind of lifestyle because it kind of contradicts the lifestyle that you grew oh, up dude, in. Oh, dude, it totally does. Um, 
playing that big booty. Booty, Dude, I'm, dude, I'm fighting. I'm just fighting the surge to go on all these tangents right now. Um, Okay, so um, complete accident. Um, I moved here in. um, I moved here in like June. Like it was. What a terrible time to move to Arizona. Oh, brutal. Um, Yes, very much so. The day that it. um, The day that I moved here and it rained too. It's like I got. Oh, yeah. June 3rd, um, I guess. And it like it dumped. Like I didn't know that it dumps in that way in Arizona the way it does, which is like another one of the reasons why I love Arizona. <laughs> uh, but it dumped, man. And um, so I got to my apartment complex, and it like, like, um, I was in the U-Haul, right? So I kind of go down to the parking garage, and you basically have to like park. It was actually kind of sketchy. You basically take up a lane on like this main road and just like throw your hatches on and hope that someone doesn't hit you. you know? <laughs> um, but it was dumping, and so I couldn't like move in you know um that and i didn't know anybody my one buddy moved in maricopa but he was busy that day and i was like how the heck am i supposed to unload all this stuff dude and so i basically sat in the apartment for like five hours and just like looked on my phone and just like scrolled through and then i uh you can't say we did not warn you this was that technical difficulty part so this is just me jumping in here letting you know that you're not crazy you didn't hit the back button you didn't hit the forward button we had to cut we had to restart and come right back to it in this moment in time though i would like to go ahead and take the time aka a small ad our maybe first sponsor to shout out dj breezy bryson johnny's website uh he is a wedding dj you'll hear a little bit more about that in the next few minutes if you know anyone who not only is getting a wedding or having a wedding or you're having a party whatever the case may be uh grace has actually hired johnny to do her halloween parties the last two years and every time walking away from it had an absolute blast dance the night away head over to the dj breezy b-r-e-e-z-y.com or follow him at ya boy DJ Breezy. That is Y A B O Y DJ Breezy on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. The man is a beast. All right, let's get right back into it. Did you date anyone that was not Mormon? No. Prior to that? No. Oh, um, wow. Is that also something to do about? Mormon, like, do you want to try oh, to keep it in the community? Yeah, like, keep it in the church? Yes. I don't know what to say. Keep it in the church, yes, yeah. okay. Oh, and say, even further than that, like, growing up, like, I was very, dude, these, these tangents. Now, my, ride. now I'm, I'm going on tangents, on tangents about, yeah. my newest boy. tangent yeah. is going on tangent. Is yes. like, my newest tangent is, I'm sorry for this tangent. Um, <laughs> like, not only was it, like, don't date or, or really, like, do anything like that outside of, it, it was to the point where it was, like, don't affiliate with people outside of the church. Whoa. Like, like I very much grew up through high school and through my young adulthood, like hearing and believing and like buying into this mindset of like, if you're not LDS, like you're not a safe person for me to associate with. Wow. And that community that you were around were big enough for you to feel comfortable that you had friends or resources no, to go to, or was it a small no, it was, community? So like, especially in Boulder, like. There were, there were not a lot of Mormon people in Boulder. Oh, wow. And especially, like, my high school had had around 2,000 kids and active Mormon kids in my high school. There was only, like, four or five of us. Whoa. Oh, really? Um, I thought, you always think, like, you're in a really big Mormon community. You're having a lot of people. Not your case. It was so much smaller. So you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're already section of okay people or, like, non-frowned-upon people were and, already so small. And do you even like those four people that were there? 
I mean, they were all I really, all I really knew. Okay, um, so you guys like got like like there was together, one okay. kid, there was one kid in my age, in my who was my age. His name was Jordan, and this is kids. So there was like so in our ward, in our congregation, basically, um, there were only like seven or eight of us in my age group, and there were like the few of us that went to my high school, and then and then the others went to another high school in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had like a little bit more of like a bigger social at church, which again made like church a better thing. Cause like yeah, I liked those kids and that went to the other school. Um, but yeah, the one kid in my age, his name was Jordan. Um, and at that time too, like I thought everyone lived the same way. And I thought that like, if you're following the church and everything, like then you live this one specific way. And so like seeing other people like live their lives differently, like everything that I knew in my life up to that point made me feel like, like this kid isn't living the right life. Wow. Um, and, and you know, he, um, I've like bumped into some of his family over the years and, and I've heard updates about him and he seems like a good dude. And, and that's like one of like, that's one of, of a few things in my life where I'm like, man, like I'm really bummed about the mentality that I had with Trick because I feel like I, um, I feel like I lost out on like what could have been some pretty cool relationships and some pretty cool experiences. And I also like, like, I didn't really know even how to live, how I was like learning. And like, since I was so devout, people were like proud of me, but like, it's just a judgmental, like narrow minded person. Wow. It's crazy that you were able to go to high schools with other people around you, but you still felt like that was those four or five people were the people were doing what was right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and so it was just, it was so weird. And so like, I didn't talk, like I would go days without opening my mouth. Um, and then it was interesting too, right? Because I started playing lacrosse and like um, I played goalie and I was good. Um, How'd you get into that? <laughs> I uh, I always wanted to play hockey. I've loved ho- like hockey is my jam, dude. Um, there we go. Yeah, yeah. let's go. For <laughs> Drop the puck, baby. Yeah, no, dude, I don't I don't have all those sweet affiliations with the New York Rangers and everything. <laughs> but, um, but you know, dedicated fan over here. Let's go, Abs, baby. Soon the Cubs. Best day of my life, dude. It was just it was just that Look. that time at twenty nine when the Abs won the Stanley Cup. Let's go. Love me at twenty nine. You need to get Landeskog back um, though. Yeah. Dude, I miss Landy so bad, man. We were both born in, back in both born in '92. He's man. on LTIR. They they know what they're doing. I uh, did. That's what I'm. Dude, okay. So this year, oh my gosh, these tangents. Don't give me a yeah, tangent on hockey. Say, no tangents on hockey. Sorry. Bring me nice. bring All right, back to the church, guys. guys. Here we Franny, go. We'll talk about back that to subject is so rack, much better. Guys. Back to um, lacrosse. How'd so, you get into that? So I couldn't. I couldn't ice skate. And again, the the other common denominator, like I didn't. So at the YMCA, you had to take one hockey skating course and learn and like they basically had to like okay you to make sure that you knew how to skate to play hockey right and I took that and I didn't know how to do like the hockey stop and um so we finished class and like I didn't get the ride off because I couldn't stop like <laughs> I would go full speed into the boards and just kabam <laughs> um, <laughs> um so you got dropped into lacrosse and so I didn't know that like it was really an option for me to like ask for more classes and I feel like I was like I never really learned how to like handle like rejection either and so, like, being told I couldn't play was, was heavy for me. And then, yeah, and then, like, that was when they brought lacrosse to the YMCA. It was, it was seventh or eighth grade. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is basically hockey on, on grass. Like, I'm down for this. Um, jumped right head first into it. Yeah, and then I, and I played goalie. I always loved the position of goalie. Um, and then came into high school. And that's a second semester uh, sport, right? It's a, it's a spring sport. Mm. And, and, um, we had like fall ball and, um, so I kind of got to know the guys. Um, and then, um, 
Yeah, I was just, I was good into at it. it. Were and you always into those action sports? I feel like you did motocross, you did lacrosse. That's funny. Um, <laughs> just the ones that rhymed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you're really into, you know, driving fast, I feel like. Oh, yeah, were dude, you, went paintballing all the time. Insane. Dude, the adrenaline rush was just the best, dude. Were you always that way? Did you get that? I'm assuming you get that from your dad because he was riding the motorcycles. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, I, I don't know, like, I, and to this day, and it's probably going to be my ultimate demise is these adrenaline rushes that I just love chasing. Yeah. So for two years before you were 29, you were in an Arizona. And like you said, when you first moved here, you were very different than who you are now. Mm-hmm. What were the biggest things that changed from like, how were you able to, what changed in your life to be a little bit more of a change mentality wise? Like, was it just being on your own for the first time major? Was it jumping into all those the yeses. Yeses. Like, what didn't affect that change? Um, you know, I'm having this moment right now. I'm sorry to not answer your question at all. That I don't think we ever expressly answered that the way I got into DJing was I saw a sketchy Craigslist ad while I was sitting in that apartment and I responded to <laughs> it. And it was from one of your last episodes, Andrew Trego on the other end, and that was how we became friends, and that was what led to the we Johnny story. We, we, we got the full answer. Circle. We did, yeah. Okay. We finally got the answer how you started DJing. Okay, okay, yes. let's go, baby. Yes. Um, what led to all the changes from when I moved here to now? Yeah, like just thinking back these last three years, I personally feel like being getting to know you more, you absolutely have matured in all aspects of your life. But were there certain points where you felt yourself more maturing just because you were on your own for the last three years or like this? I feel like these last three years have been a pretty big pivotal point in your life. So just looking back even three years, like what are your feelings about it and how do you feel that you've grown to the guy you are today? And do you like the better? Do you like for the worse? Can't say what you were at. Yeah, I want to ask about 10 years ago, too, but just moving to Arizona. You've changed a lot. Like, how do you feel about all that? Oh, dude, I love it. I look like, oh, dude, I love it, man. And does the I world seem more obtainable to you? Everything seems obtainable to me, right? And and I think that's what scares me now is the, like, like before the fear was always like, how would I even get there? And now I see things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the path. Like, holy cow, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like I feel like you're finally on your own because I guess sitting here and not he- haven't heard some of the stories that we talked about. I always, again, thought that your community was so much larger, but now understanding when you say went to Venice Beach or I did these things and they were so vast, but also being around that many people because you were taught that the, the four to eight to 12 people in your community were the doing the right, going to Venice Beach and seeing all these people doing crazy things or even just coming to Arizona, like it's just be such a, like a memory mind fuck yeah and and you know it was kind of like i was kind of like the set the stage was set for this before i even moved here you know um you know that experience of like going on that cruise with that girl and like and like realizing like oh okay you 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 can be safe drinking like you can be not safe these are the things to start to like i like i learned it wasn't like done responsibly it's not like this evil thing that I was always told that it is right so like I was kind of starting to open up on that end um like she was she was beautiful she was a beautiful girl I loved her personality I loved everything about her and so it was like really like 
enlightening for someone like that to be even interested in me. Like mm. I had really, really low self-esteem and so like that. So like those, like, so that's kind of like starting to like rumble in me a little bit, you know? Um, and then my relationship with church in Colorado, like was very, very hard. And I had hit a point in Colorado where I was like, um, as long as the members here like know me and know my story, um, like I'm not safe going to church here. Oh, um, members of LDS down here. Uh, the ones in Colorado before I moved here. Oh, got it. So, okay. so when I moved here, I wasn't going to church, and but that wasn't so much of a like I don't want to be in this anymore the way it is now. Like that was more of like a like I feel like I want to go here, but I don't feel safe, and and I was very torn about it, right? So I moved here, and um, I don't know how, but like the church found out where I lived, and a couple people like reached out to me. Um, that's insane. They knock on the door with their uh, outfits on. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, no, it was. Bikes. It was They're a, so nice. I, I think squad squad. Squad. <laughs> so um, it's crazy that you have to think because now leaving the church, from what I understand, you had to take some legal actions. We don't need to get into it, but it's just so crazy that it gets that deep when you try to not be in a religion, because I feel like you didn't really have to go through that, did you? Yeah, but mine's a lot different. Mormon. What are you? Mormon. No, I didn't. No, what are you? I'm sorry. Oh, Christian. Christian, that's where you were raised. But yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody knows. Still feel the shame of like leaving the church or not following abide, but there's not a, there's not a big book with my name in it like you do with the Catholic church or Mormon church. We don't, we don't have that. Yeah, that's. And I've been around. It's so it's it's insane to me that at a time where someone should be growing up so fast or growing up in such a exploratory way, like our friends and what I was at least growing up was like, go explore, do things, do what you need to do. Um, and it's daunting to me thinking that I am 26 at the time that I was 26. I mean, I guess I was on my own somewhat of the sense, but I still had a somewhat steady job and people... Um, didn't judge me for going off and doing things. I mean, we're a year apart. Um, but around the time that you got into Vox DJ, that's how we met mm-hmm. because we both <clears throat> answered that cre- uh, creepy that Craigslist. Creepy Craigslist. Cre- yes, Dude, Craigslist. I'm glad both of you did not die. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Insane Gosh, that they had so that many people. Craigslist ad is just terrifying. I, I made a fake email. I made a, oh, I made a new Gmail to answer that Craigslist ad because I thought for sure it was a scam and that my information was going to be sold. And I was like, I'll be damned if you get my real comp with my, uh, I'm not going to say the email because I don't want it to happen again. Yeah, but best believe ter- you're not going to get the yeah. actual one. <laughs> terrible doing that. And so thinking like me doing that kind of jump into another scenario wasn't ever so terrifying, but now kind of unpackaging you a little bit recently, like you were at that club and like you said, it's a whole different learning experience to go meet someone new, make that connection, and then transfer that to not even a long-term relationship, but just a fruitful relationship. And um, I didn't realize that you really are a product of your environment back then. Like That church really did kind of just say, stay in this lane, do what you need to do. And now you're in Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, say again. Yeah. I would say be a good worker. Be like, just yeah, yeah just recommend. Don't ask questions, don't ask why. Very, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, w- it was like, and um, I mean, one thing that that we can, and I, and I want to talk about because I've become like such a proponent of it is like mental health and like, like counseling is an amazing thing. Like um, counseling is an amazing thing, I isn't it? Count- I love, love it. Yeah. Um, it's great. Especially with the trauma that 
is associated to the things that you did when you were younger, just mm-hmm. family situations and being in the church. Um, it's pretty amazing that you are saying yes to a lot of stuff and going in it head first, like going on another cruise by yourself on this cruise cruise. Oh, dude, the group cruise was the would best you, time of my life. Would you ever think at 19 being in this scenario or 20, even 21? No, dude. So, uh, and I spent a lot, a lot of time with my counselor on this and, um, I mean, I've been seeing my counselor now for like, gosh, year. You have been seeing her. A year and a half. I'm yeah. going in every week for for almost a year and a half now, I think. Um, and we we spent so much time on that of like, um, and, and as we were working on things, like we would basically target like certain memories or certain beliefs I had about myself. And, you know, some of them would be about things when I was little. Some of them would be about, about things with my with my parents and seeing them fight. Things would be about other things. And and a lot of it, though, was about church. And I was just, I was hit and I was making breakthroughs and, like, things were resolving themselves. And, and, um, and then we got to this church thing. And, like, I was making progress on everything with church. But um, I would, like, as we, and as we were processing this, like, I would see me in my different areas of life and it was like we were all sitting in like a boardroom and it was like me and like 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 12-year-old Bryson, 5-year-old Bryson, like 16-year-old Bryson, 20-year-old Bryson, 19-year-old Bryson, like Bryson from when I moved here, Bryson yesterday. And it was like we were like having a boardroom like with all the Brysons, you know? And, and I always talk to my cousin and I'm like, I feel fucking crazy when I talk about the Brysons, man. But like, <laughs> <laughs> They're there. And she laughs the Bryson and she, goes, she, yeah. goes, she goes, you're not crazy. It's <laughs> but true. Like, but like doing that has like, was like so pivotal in me and helping me like learn how to start coping with these things and learn about myself and my experiences and like, and like how to handle the negative beliefs that I developed from them and, and also how to like find some positive things from them too. Right. Because it's hard to look at your life and be like, everything was so terrible. You know, like mm-hmm. I had a beautiful life and I, and I've had a very, even like through like the thickest of the shit that I've gone through, like I still had it better than so many people and I still had a lot of really good things going on. Yeah. You know, um, do you think I have a question on the, the cruise you went on? And, I mean, even, like, the Vox DJ thing, like, yes, you were saying yes to everything, but I think just because it was almost like, what do you do? Just throw yourself into everything. But I think for these specific things, it was almost like giving yourself permission to say yes, like, for yeah. the cruise. and Totally. It wasn't just a yes, like, okay, I'm just going to cross, close my eyes and jump. Like, I feel like the Vox thing was more intentional because you got a separate email like there's steps to it that cruise you were talking about with your therapist for a while so it's just cool to see mm-hmm. cool like you're giving yourself permission on that um i agree it's insane i mean and not even only it's a calculated but all of them were also seeming to be very um group induced like you were thriving mm-hmm. for a group you know like ballroom dancing djing um, being like even going to that scene alone, skydiving, I guess is solo, but you also did that. But like God, all these so things sick. were very like group esque, and um, it's crazy because you don't really portray someone who wouldn't be able to make a connection. That's what's so crazy. Like I, I'm very fortunate to know this Johnny because it's cool to see you. I think when you walk into a room, you're always just like, I'm here. What's up? Let's talk. And it's nuts that it's cool to see. It's not nuts, but it's very cool to see these last three years you grow like. Boom, you're in it. You know, it's uh, it's funny you say that because I've like I've had various people throughout my life. Like my dad was the first one to say it to me, and where like it ever held power. Like he was like, you have an infectious personality, and I was like, 
oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then I'd hear things like that, that and I never necessarily like believed them. Um, like I knew them, but I didn't believe them, you know? And I went on that groove cruise and, um, gosh, I, I don't even know how I found it. Like, I think I saw it on some Instagram ad and I was like, this looks cool. And this is as I'm like really, really, really falling in love with my career and like really falling in love with like how I'm starting to do business. Right. I'm, I'm evolving from this. This is how I've always been told how to run of the business as, as DJing weddings to like, Oh, this is how I can run it. And this is how I run it. And this is how like it works for me. And like, it makes like, I don't know. So I was going through that and then I, and I saw this and I was like, this looks dope. And then, um, it was like, there's not a lot of money to make a deposit. And then, and then, um, and then it came time and I was like, cool. It's like, I don't even think it was a thousand bucks. And, um, I think it was like seven or $800. And it was like, here's your spot on the cruise. Like we'll pair you up with somebody. And I was like, this is fucking it's wild. crazy. Um, yeah, dude. And then, and then we went on the cruise. Like they linked me up with this dude. Um, his name is Joe. Shout out Joe, Joe. Um, <laughs> he lives in California and he's like a total moto head. Um, and so we like almost instantly bonded over that. Um, and then went on the cruise, man. And it was like, it was so funny in the port at Miami because our ship was like, it's like cruise ships are parallel parked all the way up and down, right? And you see all these other families getting into cruises and everyone's kind of like tired and cranky and like um, lots of people are overweight. And um, <laughs> <laughs> literally this. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, you know, they just like normal. And then you get to the last ship where we are, dude. And like, it's all people in colorful outfits and like, like people are waving around things and everyone's got music and everyone's there. like, it was the craziest thing. And I was like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, like we get in and I sat down and I was like, yo, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but like, I at least want to have music. Like I want to at least throw a bedroom rave. Right. And so we sit down and like, I was in this little waiting area. And so I pulled up my laptop and I was downloading music and these people next to me are like, yo, are you a DJ? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, don't like get the, like, don't get it wrong. Like I'm not performing on here. Like I'm, I'm nothing special. And they were like, that's still so cool. And they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm trying to like download some music. And they were like so cool. And, and they do like a whole bunch of stuff in Asheville. And um, Nashville like, or Asheville? Asheville. Where's that? Um, one of the Carolinas. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, I, on over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I purposely, I purposely withheld what state because I was like, it's one of the Carolinas. Yeah. I don't know which one. <laughs> so like, here we are. Um, and like I met them and then I got on the ship and then like I met up with, with Joe and like, and, um, and then we started walking around, dude. And everyone's so cool and and i got this i was like i'm gonna salute everybody with a captain's hat and so i was that freaking idiot the whole time on this cruise <laughs> like you have a captain's hat like i am plowing down 18 people to get to you to like salute you dude insane um, would you ever go on a cruise would you ever go one of those like a like a four-day five-day cruise yeah it would have to be very specific i again been on one cruise in my life and it was like one of those family ones would mm. not do that mm-hmm. again yeah 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 and i feel like yeah i just by the time you get off the cruise, like to go do something for the day, and then it's like, okay, well, I gotta get back on now. Yeah, I didn't love that very much, but I yeah. would do it again. For what you were doing, I would go oh, do that. It, it was the best, and you know, and it started. It was started that your first out, time out of the country? Sorry, no, I've gone on a couple other cruises. Oh yeah, but but the only times I've been out of the country were going on cruises to the Caribbean. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. And so the like the first half started off so much fun, and it's cool too because I'm bumping into these DJs who I look up to and who I'm like. Like, I want to stand where they stand. I want to do what they do. I want to, like, perform for people the way that they perform. I want to be on the stages that they're on. And I'm bumping shoulders into them, and we're talking. And, like, some of them are showing interest in me, too. And um, 
like one of them gave me like a USB of music that they've made. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just fun. And I'm like, this is amazing. The trip continues to go on, man. And um, people start coming up to me. And a lot of people were referring to me as porn stash, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like your profile pic is going to have your dude. stash yeah, on. Yeah, it. Um, and people started coming up to me and they were like, we've been seeing you this whole, like you've been having such a good time and it's been making us have a good time, like seeing you. Oh. And, um, and it like started getting really emotional for me, man. And I was, and like, and not only that, but like people are like, asking about and respecting my boundaries right like a lot of people approached me about like hooking up with them and I was like I was like you know I'm, and I'm just that's not me like I'm not comfortable right with that right now if you want to vibe out and be friends I would love that if all you're looking for is to hook up with someone like go find somebody else and some of them are like okay bye and some of them are like oh dude I'd love to kick it with you then and then like people are coming up to me at the end of the trip and they're like I'm really glad you said that to me because that like helped me realize that I don't necessarily want to be doing that too Whoa. Um, and it was like, and you know, so we're like listening to some like wicked, like heavy sets. And I'm here just like crying because I'm like, this is just the best. <laughs> um, I've never had an experience. I've never, ever had an experience where I felt so universally loved and respected and cared for the way I did while I was on that cruise ship. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that certain scenarios like that, like random trips that you go on can have such a profound like turn in yeah. your mental state, like you were saying, your mental health. And it was so crazy, too, because, like, not only that, but, like, I grew up my whole life, like, just being hammered that that environment is not safe and do not go there under any means, mm-hmm. you know? And so and so it was just crazy to see, like, you know, you have to be careful in everything you do. Like, bad stuff happens at these things, but, like, mm-hmm. overall, like, it is a great community. Like, I found home in that community, and it's it's where I want to be, and it's, it's what I want to do, and... And I don't ever want to leave it. How is your brain dealing with those two such polar opposite mind thoughts or uh, mental, um, you know, the environment? Yeah, the environments of being told that these people are supposed to be a certain way. Really, everyone outside of your group versus now you're realizing that it wasn't taught. How going through these last few years or however long you have been going through it, um, have you been coping with that? Like. I don't, I don't think I'll ever probably experience that. So I guess that's the question. I don't know how I would react to my world literally flipping on its head. And now all these people who are supposed to be these non-right people are not like your friends. Do you feel that in your head of like, oh my God, two worlds clashing? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It, um, it was tough. Like it, and I think the hardest thing for me was to sit here and be like, I don't know. I feel like I've kind of had this mentality before of like, if I say that I did not like my childhood, that that's like telling my parents and everyone who taught me how to grow up that they did a bad job. Mm. And that's not the message I want to portray. Totally. Um, You know, um, do I wish my childhood is different? I really do. But I also recognize that like the people around me tried to do the best that they knew how. Um, ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think it was best for me. I think I really would have flourished in growing up in, in other ways and more open homes. But I also feel very fortunate because like I've lived on that side so I can sympathize and understand people on, on that side. Um, but I'm also like so happy that you're out. I know. You know, you're on, sitting on in the like side and like, yeah, I completely and, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm chasing my dreams. Like I'm finding success and I'm chasing my dreams and like getting traction and like, 
like I know I know the way to get what I want to want. It's just a matter of me stepping up and, and doing it. What are your dreams in the next couple of years? Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. I can add to okay. that. Um, so speaking of, because we're at our age, what were you doing? What were like top three things you did at 29? Because I mean, this is part of the question I'm assuming we're going into. But like, what were top three things for you at 29 that you accomplished? You're like, fuck yeah, and or you want to continue to grow in moving forward? Um, dude, top things at 29. Um. Dude, the, the number one thing is me taking that time to be like, I'm not okay, I need help, and I started getting help. Mm. Um, like, that was the most pivotal change I've ever made, and, like, it's been a lot of work, and it's been tough, but, like, this counseling has helped me so much, and it's, like, like all these other big things that are happening in my life, like, would not be happening if it weren't for the progress that I've been making, like, every week with, with that, you know? So, like, Hell number yeah. one thing Congrats. at 29 absolutely was being, like, okay, all I'm like, all I can do is recognize I'm okay. I need help. And I got help and it worked. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm exploding as a human being. Um, number two is most definitely the abs winning Stanley cup and being (laughs) in Denver for all of that. Gosh, man, it was drop the puck. It was, you went there, you went to like eight, how many games? Um, five out of the seven, four out of the seven. Oh dude. I, um, I went to every home game. It, not necessarily for the first rounds because I had a couple time with work and everything. Um, but I like I would I, I went up and saw some friends in Idaho. I had some like some work in Arizona and like I flew to Arizona or I flew from Arizona to Colorado, went to the game and then flew home at like 5 a.m. Like I went to see my friends in Idaho and I drove through Colorado and stayed for a couple games and up to Idaho. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Stanley Cup finals came. And I was like, I am not missing a game. And so I went to every game like I and I was like, man, like I saw that 0% interest for one year and I was like, this is funding my tickets. And so I bought like, I bought like glass tickets, dude. And, and, um, the game when the Avs beat Tampa seven zero, like I was on the glass, dude. And it was the best Insane time of my life. Right? I saw all and, your stories. Um, I'm like, how does this guy get these tickets? Yeah. <laughs> 0% interest yeah, yeah, for the year. Oh, dude, okay. Dude, and it was, it I'm is. telling you, man, going to, going to these things by yourself is the best thing. Cause you like, and then you wait till the day of the game and people get desperate to sell and those prices plummet, dude. Like, like it turns into a little bit of gamble. Like that, that game five, when if the Avs would have won, if they want to win the cup, like prices weren't dropping and tickets were disappearing. And I was so wet in. <laughs> um, All right, so that's number two. What's number that three? Was number, and then, dude, I think number three is getting this sleeve tattoo, dude. I'm fucking obsessed with this sleeve. I really like it. Yeah. yeah um, hey, water the flowers. Dude, we got to water, water the, the flowers, flowers yeah. baby. <laughs> I would love to say, because I think I waited about till I was a little bit younger, but waited to a certain age to start my sleeve, and then now being 29, finishing it, yeah. getting on that route, he's put you into a whole new ball game. Like there's something different about having a full sleeve that you just like, dude. It, different energy. I don't know oh what my it God. is. It is, dude. Like and and you know, again, like this is happening. This is like a coupled experience with my with my therapy and like my self image just vastly improving. Um, and yeah, like people see and people see fresh ink, dude, and they're like. Yo, dude! Like they're running up to me the way I was running up to all the captains on the groove cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, insane. Yeah, and so it was so cool to like just like yeah, people just give you compliments out of nowhere, and then and it's like such a great talking piece, you know? Um, yeah, dude. I that was a good question. It. Top three. That was a good yeah. yeah. Top three. I yeah. was gonna say, and you didn't even mention the stash. Oh yeah, that's it. It's hard. Absolutely. There were there were a lot of good things. In, yeah, they were really great. Twenty nine. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. So um, your career. Uh, Bryson the DJ. What's your website? Uh, right now it's the DJBreezy.com. There you go. Uh, tech sponsor. Um, where do you see yourself in like four years, even outside of that career right now? Or where do you see yourself in four years? Oh, dude. 
I want to start producing and I want to produce house music and I want to tour and I want to perform. Like that is what I want to do. That is my whole life right now. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. What got you so into music? Were you were never music uh, forward, were you? You know, my relationship with music is very interesting um, because, again, with church, like, my exposure to music was very suppressed. Um, Just Bible hymns. You know, it, it was <laughs> weird. It, it was like weird, that, too, right? right? Because, like, I remember, cooler. you know how, like, today, like, you go on Spotify and it's, like, like the hottest hits of this, you know, like back then it was like, now that's what I call music volume 34. You ordered a two disc set with like all the top hits, you know? Oh yeah. And, um, it was like one of those discs, but it was for like eat like nineties, like EDM music, right? Um, techno music. And, um, that song, Mr. Vane, culture beat, call him Mr. Raider. Call him Mr. Vane. Um, (laughs) like I loved that song. Like that song caught me and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I remember I would like sneak the little boom box into the garage and I would just play it on repeat. And, um, and I don't know whatever happened to that CD. Um, probably got thrown and away. I don't, ne- and I, and I was just about to say, I don't necessarily want to say like my parents threw it away, but it disappeared from my life. And with like my exposure with church and everything, like I very much was under the impression that like it was taken from me because it was not okay to have. Right. Oh, wow. And then like all through high school, like, you know, I really like blasting hip hop and stuff, but then you feel bad because it has bad words and then you try to find the edit, you know? So it was always like, yeah, crazy. and then when I was like in my lower twenties, when I was really dedicated going to church, like all I listened to was hymns. Like my Bishop, like would like have weekly meetings with me and he'd be like, did you listen to any like other songs this week? You know? Um, that's so crazy. Yeah. And then I remember, um, as I kind of started breaking out, out of that like mindset and started like listening to other things, I'd find like these, Taylor Swift like remixes on YouTube, bro. <laughs> and he sounded so <laughs> he sounded so country, trashy. Huh? Yeah, and that was like oh, that was country. like that was OG Taylor, man. Um um and uh that's nuts. It's yeah, like the dude. the, the cheerleading remixes that go hard, you know. And they sound so terrible and I would drive through Boulder just I looked so stupid. It was so crazy, dude. I loved it. Um and then yeah, and so I always had this like battle with my relationship with music and then and then like obviously starting to DJ like um especially with weddings like you dive into so many more genres that I ever had before and so all of a sudden I was discovering like all this music that's always been around and then and then you know like and then I really have always liked the EDM music um and then like especially through COVID as as we all did our thing like is where I really started to fall in love with house music. And, um, dude, I just love, I love yeah. house music. It's like, cool to see you go so deep. You so, you've always seemed like you had hobbies and stuff, but it's cool to see you focus on one, like go straight into it so heavily, like invest so much time into it. Cause it took me until this year. I mean, I was just thinking when we were 26 and we were all still like, working together at that point, it wasn't that like three years ago. Oh no, that was completely off. No, 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 sorry. Seven, seven years ago. That's insane. I was going it's cool to see how dive into because now the class you're taking, which I don't know the name of it, so I can't do a little shout out. Oh, dude, Go Cosmic ahead. Academy. Yeah, baby. yeah. I feel like you're really diving into like the small nitty gritties, like the producing, the lyrics, just the whole experience behind the song and the sound. Yeah, and it's cool. Like hearing for me from like even Nick. And you like listening to that. I'm like, oh, I have a different appreciation for music just being around you both and you especially. Totally. Um, yeah, dude, cosmic. Brutal five weeks. Yeah. Five you know, week boot it camp. Was, I've always looked at them and I've always been like, 
I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do this. And then, um, I don't know, like, I remember you explored it, signing up too, and, and I kind of had this moment where I was like, I love this. I believe in myself. Like, I'm very fortunate to be in a spot where I can invest the money to, to do this. And, um, and I put the application in, and, and, um, and I got a call back from, from a homie named Fremont. And um, we started talking, and, and I was like, I just love this so much. And this, and this is right around the time of Groove Cruise too, right? And, um, and I was like, I have no experience. Like, I've DJed for five years. I have no experience with producing, but I just I love it so much, and I want to be a part of it. And then I talked to one other dude, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you. Um, and then it was supposed to start in April. And then it was around, like, December. Um, one of the guys who, who runs it, his name is Zach, he called me up, and he was like, hey, we have an opening in February. And I instantly thought of you. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yes, throw me in this. Um, Signs. Dude, and it, and it was so in. cool to be like, I'm, I'm a no, I am a nobody with this, you know? And so it, it really meant, it was just so crazy to me to be like, just based on like my excitement and my desire to do this for them to be like, we remembered you, we want you to do the class that sooner, you know? And then, and then we start doing the classes and the classes were, they were tough. It's two times a week. Um, you jump on, on a Zoom call together and, and it's split between like producing music and kind of like the business branding marketing side behind it. Five or six hours each session. Yeah, and, and especially in the production classes, like we were getting up to like six plus hours. That's um, commitment, dude. And it and it was nuts too. And you know, it was it was really hard because um, I got a lot of other stuff going on um, with some other family members that are really really weighing heavy on me, and have been like a major distraction, you know. And so, um, and so like I'm trying to deal with that. I'm and I'm trying to like learn all this stuff. And we're going through, and it was and we're supposed to produce one song per week, right? And like. I only accomplished that one time, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we're going through class, right? And he's describing like how to do all these technical things with production and it's all making sense in my head. And like, we're, again, we're sitting here for on these production nights, four or five, six hours and I'm just locked in and I feel like I blink and it's over. And, um, and that's when I was like, okay, like this is making sense. Now it's just like, I understand the mechanics of how to throw the ball. Now I just got to like practice it and get better yeah. it, right so that was really inspiring and then we do like peer reviews and like people in this class there's people in this class who are like me with zero experience whatsoever and there are people in this class who are established successful already signed like amazing artists yeah. you know and we're peer reviewing and like we're sharing time together and then we're doing one-on-one and like these like it was just the craziest thing man and um those are becoming a lot more of a craze now because you're kind of going into a coaching scenario that too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really, is that always been around? Um, like that idea of like a five week boot camp? Well, I don't know what yours is, but the mastermind concept has been around for a while. I think it's just now finding like somebody you believe in mm -hmm. and has a good reputation, right? And the price point, because it's not cheap. Not at all. But to have your, I was going to say to have your, your business, like for me specifically, like ripped through with a fine tooth comb and then be like, you're doing this to yourself. Yeah. You're the only one stopping you. Totally. It's like, ugh. It forces um, you to do it too. Yeah, you know, signing yeah. up for a class like yeah. that. Like, yeah. It's, you it, can't hide and that's, it. and that's my favorite thing too, is like, they don't, they don't, more or less, they don't necessarily tell you like how, like how to do it or like, or like hold your hand along the whole way. They're like this, this is the formula. Like go and do it. It, like yeah. we're here for you every step of the way. Like you are going to succeed as much as you put into it. And exactly. it's, it was just the most amazing thing. 
Um, yeah, and to have, and you know, I f- and so like between the groove crews and that, and them all happening so close together, like, like people love me in this community, like people believe in me in this community. I just, I am so balls deep in this community. <laughs> <laughs> You're drinking it's the great. syrup. I am all. Of, this syrup. is the new syrup, dude, and I am drinking gallons of it. Is yeah. it nuts it. that if people our age? I think there's always a common commonality of it's hard to make friends. It seems like it's harder to do that as you get older. And then unless you, there's no like continual education besides college, besides what you guys are kind of talking about. Right. Uh, I, I mean, never there's really so thought much like education online, but you have to spend, you have to research and not out of the fluff. And right. There's a lot of fluff. Yeah. Not real educators. Just cool that we're all yeah. kind of going into this yeah. idea of it. I guess I get my learning from the corporate world in a sense. Just I'm lucky to get, be able to get taught things while I work about a very niche thing. Um, but it's cool to see you guys going in a niche thing, ed- higher education versus us just kind of hanging out and doing like the same old, same old, but you were never taught that. We don't I was never taught how to keep learning after college. You just think you go to college for four years and then you're just going to get a cush job and you're going to get a job for the next 30 years. I think for a while that's how it was just instilled. And you find out so quickly at 30 years old that that's not how it goes. And so to continue educating yourself. You have to take a leap of faith sometime and faith sometimes. I think when you're comfortable, though, you're not growing. And I always want to be growing. I think that mindset I personally got from growing up in the church, like wanting to be better and do better. Mm. Uh, it would for me. Just keep going with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then being self-employed. I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. Stand yeah. Up. You definitely have to keep moving quick. It's cool going. I wonder what um, our parents at our ages were thinking so differently. Like my mom, as we talked about, was not thinking about higher education. She was thinking about like, I'm going through a divorce with three kids and it's just so different. Like I'm assuming there were other family or other, uh, older people that were doing it like this, but just a crazy scenario to be like, some people were in a job for nine years, 10 years at this point. Like this is where I'm dying. This is my 40 year commitment. And we're all just trying to figure it out. Well, they were probably figuring say, it out too, but uh, almost just everyone crazy. at this table too, being twenty nine, no kids, and one divorce, <laughs> one divorce in the hole. I think we are all here on the table. Well, Franny hasn't been divorced. Hey, hey, I'm thirty, no uh, kids, no girlfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. no marry nothing. He's the outlier of the day. That's why it almost. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just trying to be the best versions of ourselves before we like dive into that. Like a whole new world. Having three kids right now and having these like midlife crises and not midlife, sorry, like these crises in your this year in your life does seem very pivotal. Um, it's, I feel like we're all very fortunate at this table not to be going through, of course we're all going through our own things, but to have the freedom to jump into a cruise last minute or mm. take an abs game or for us to go to a wedding or take a job, you know, two weeks in advance. I know you don't like to do that. Hey, but. you got the girl, man. Yeah, Fiance, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do whatever I want, Johnny. Yes, yes. Hey, wait, it's very, don't speak for me. He's got a long leash. Yeah, a long yes, yeah, I do. Uh, but it's very fortunate. I'm, I'm happy that we're all seeming to go upwards. It's like cool with like asking people other goals and stuff. It seems like the people that we are surrounding ourselves with are having high aspirations versus just, I don't know, I'm just cruising for four years, you know? Yeah, we're definitely not the, uh, let's just sit at a desk Monday through Friday, get our paycheck kind of people. Yeah. I mean, I kind of am. That's how I'm getting no, my paycheck you are now. Not that way. I love that paycheck. Well, though. I know you I love just paycheck, love that you're idea always trying to grow. You're always trying to be better and grow and do that. Like there's, there's people that don't like, they're just okay showing up to work and not yeah. really learning and just doing their, there's definitely security in it. Yeah. Like, it's great. There's great safety in it. Um, I mean, if you get that and it's stimulating, like I just see, I have never had to take, my own 
with bet me is the first time that I've ever, I think committed to doing something that is mine. I've always just sunk into the corporate world. That was someone else who's giving me a paycheck. That was mm-hmm. great paychecks, but I was always feeding their, their 10 money, times, yeah. 20 times, hundred times paycheck than mine. So yeah, um, Grace, you're a hair, like you're your own business. Franny, you're your own business and you're your own business. I'm the only one here that doesn't have his own goddamn business. <laughs> but, and yeah, I guess I, I, that's a huge leap of faith for anyone. I think that's scary commitment. But I think it goes back to your adrenaline. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you're running dude, that's your own insane. So that night when I quit Vox, I was just fucking amped up, dude. Yeah, <laughs> quit Vox to do your own wedding DJ thing, which has such like a crazy annotation of oh you're a wedding dj but if people only knew the money that people were bringing in as a wedding dj is insane it's, and it, it's it is crazy dude it is i would say i'm one of those like before vox i was like wait you're gonna go do what after what you just left yeah and the more and more and like just the and things that, i got to see you guys do was yeah and that model i mean don't no hard feelings of vox djs but they were taking way more money than they should have been taking i mean I, let me rephrase that. They were taking a lot more of the money that we could have been getting, that you're getting now being your own business DJ. I'm setting your own prices. They had to. That's your business Overhead, model. Overhead, supply, yeah. absolutely. Uh, they, marketing, They've taught training. a lot of people how to be a DJ, so of course you're going to reap the most benefits off of it. But yeah, I mean, even being 29 now, it's very scary for me to think that to not have a steady paycheck in the corporate world. That's terrifying. Very proud of all three of you yeah. to do that, but that is a very Cheers terrifying best. thing. No, it, it is, you know. Yeah, you you're on your own. Yeah, back against the wall of this thing. That's why fails. you make sure when you get those gigs, your rate is. Yeah, <laughs> so very high. You, you do yeah. a gig every three months, you know. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> it's insane. Did you ever think you were going to have your own business? Yeah. DJing? Yeah. 100%. I, uh, I, yeah. Ever, always and forever, I was always just like, I want to be the boss. Really? I just never knew what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I never really, especially even when I started the business, I didn't know if like this is going to be like really like what I wanted to dive into. I kind of almost viewed it more of a stepping stone and I just fell in love with it and I found great success with it. Yeah, right. Um, just straight into it. Yeah. I, and I do. I love it. That's and insane. people read that and feel that when you love what you do and just the rest of it just comes absolutely from fruition from that yeah. Yeah. people always come up to me and they're like you look like you had more fun than anybody else and I'm like I probably did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably fucking did that's, that's the awesome. truth oh my uh, gosh alright let's wrap this bad up let's wrap up baby love you guys thank you so much cheers Bryce and John Bryce and John yeah first fourth person pod I mean I knew I warned you all about the technical difficulty, but I think we kind of tucked and rolled out of that pretty well. Um, As always, thank you all for getting to this point in the session. We are quickly wanting to turn this one out. We have a fully packed two weeks, the next two weeks of, I think, three, maybe even four sessions. Uh, So a lot more content coming your way. As at the top of the pod, first and foremost, thank you to my team, Ryan Francis and Grace James. It was an absolute pleasure having them on the mics. You'll definitely be hearing more of them as the sessions go on. Of course, hit up our Instagram at our age pod at my age pod it is actually our age but at my age pod pod to get the latest updates in the next sessions and as always if you or anyone else wants to jump on one of these please 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 don't hesitate to reach out to us we want all aspects of life all ages younger older it does not matter everyone has something that another person can not only relate to 
they can maybe get help from. So as always, we love each and every one of you. If you have any feedback, anything like that, we are an open podcast. So please feel free to reach out. Besides that, until next time, everyone, see you soon.